Okay. Well, anyway, hey, listen, we're, we're going to pick up, we'll pick up where we left off here last time. Uh, before we get rolling here, let me, let me just lay this out again here. Look, you know, if you look at your, if you look at your Bible, and remember, the, you know, it, it's so, we're taught, you know, just, we don't know what we're taught, really, as far as where the Bible, we just, Jesus, absolutely, you know, and we can kind of figure that out. We know the Christmas story, and we know he was here about 30 years, and then we know, yeah, he was crucified, okay. But anyway, <clears throat> This whole thing from Genesis to Revelation, we even say that from Genesis to Revelation. You just named the time frame right there. And that's exactly true. It's a time frame and it's accurate. But see, even today, it's amazing how little that we know about the book of Genesis. Because see, today in our society, they're trying to tear. If you can tear up Genesis, you got Jesus wiped out because he quoted from Genesis, you know, 50 something times. Wow. Anyway, let me just think about it. Before Abraham, well, you mentioned Abraham. That's Genesis. He's not in Exodus. He's in, he's, in, he's in Genesis. But anyway, so you got Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, uh, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, you know, and uh, a virus update. Praise the Lord. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, we don't have it. Maybe, maybe let's go back to this here just a moment. Okay, so now, we, now remember Exodus, X, where X, we're getting out. We got out somewhere, which they tried to knock that one out. Never happened. Oh, it was a local flood. No, it's not. You go roam around on the mountains out here, you're going to find seashells all over the place. There was a flood. And a sea, seashell, a critter, whatever you want to call it, it, it didn't just go, oh, I croaked. You know, no. A fossil is made by pressure and water. You know, there was a flood. Mm. Something really happened, you know. Okay. But anyway, so uh, they did get out. Now, from Exodus here, halfway through Exodus, about the, the 12th chapter, Pharaoh's already drowned. <laughs> He's drowned. And so from 13, 14, 15, here they are. The Lord's giving instructions there at Mount Sinai, which is an amazing story, which, you know, why didn't we pick this up? I'm a Baptist, my background. Well, I didn't hear the story. That mountain was on fire, on fire. The people didn't want to get near it. You know, they were scared of the voice of the Lord. The Lord actually spoke out the Ten Commandments. Moses walked right up through that fire, went up in there. And they said, Moses, let's cut a deal. <laughs> well, we know we can hear God's voice and not die, but we think if we hear it again, we're going to die. Why don't you just go up there? You know, so Moses went up there. And anyway, and so from the second half of the book of Exodus, that's where uh, they built, they, the, the Lord gave instructions about the tabernacle, the Ark of the Covenant, and all the, you know, the, t- the bread of his presence and all these wonderful things. Then they're on the way to the promised land. Okay, you know what happened? They got the promised land and they go, yeah, we can't go in there. Oh, man. And you know what happened. So anyway, so then they wander around for 40 years, which is basically all, you track all this stuff. It's very easy. See, in Leviticus, that's the details on how the Levites operate in that tabernacle. It's just the details. And it's on a timeline. It's like two weeks from this. That's all it is. You could read through it in a heartbeat, but we don't. We read one verse and we wait till church camp 10 years later. Second verse. You're never going to get there that way. You've got to read it quickly. We like to say things that work at 100,000 feet. Let's step back a minute. My boss likes to say, uh, step back a minute. Step back and let's get the big picture. Then you can see it. Okay. So once, the, and once at the end of Leviticus here, which wouldn't take you forever because you just left. You've only been away from Pharaoh about a year and a half now. And he says, cloud goes up. Remember, the Lord's a cloud. He's in the cloud. Pillar of fire. The cloud ascended off of the tabernacle and... Heading to the promised land. Well, I guess we need to go. So all 12 different tribes, they have an order they're supposed to go in, and it's laid out in numbers. You'll go first, you'll go next, you'll go next, the Levites is next, and this is, and here they go. And they get all the way to the promised land, and that's when they pull that blunder off. We can't go in there. Oh, my goodness. Anyway, so all that time has passed. That, that happened right there in the book of Numbers. All The traveling getting there is right there. 
By the 12th chapter, they, the 10th chapter, we ain't going in there. Okay. So anyway, they wander around for 40 years, and here we are at Deuteronomy, and watch what it says, just to recap here, in the first chapter. Oh, let's see, here we are. Deuteronomy chapter 1. They're at the promised land border right here. Look what it says. This book records Moses' address. It's like the Gettysburg Address. You can go read it. It's in, it's in, it's in Washington. You can Google it. You can find it. It's not a funny book. It actually happened. He addressed the people of Israel when they were camped in the valley of Abarah in the, build, in the wilderness of Moab, east of the Jordan River. So they're not in there yet. They're on the east side. Cities in that area make believe. No, they weren't either. They list them. Okay. The speech was given on, look at that, February 15th. Wow. How long? 40 years after? Why was it 40? Oh, I know. Yeah, because the Lord said, yeah, you're going to hang out here 40 years till all you codgers die. That said, after I destroyed Egypt, that you can't go wipe out the people in the promised land. They were just, I mean, can you imagine that they got all the way there? <clears throat> anyway, so Moses' speech, and he recaps this. He says, it was 40 years ago <laughs> we were going to the promised land, although it only takes 11 days to get there. Okay, so now, and it, but anyway, by the time they got there, uh, where they are right now, all of a sudden, uh, they're doing what, what happened in the promised land which was they defeated the king of Sahan, of the Amorites, King Og, which was a giant. He, was, <clears throat> he had a bed that had, his bed was over 13 feet long. They put it in a museum. It's all recorded right here. You can just read it for yourself. Now, so let's skip ahead. This is a speech. So now, here we are. We've covered all the way up to oh, chapter 8. Now remember, the kings, first kings and second kings, all that list of kings. Some kings were good kings. Some kings were bad kings, okay? It just went back and forth, back and forth, okay? Anyway, when they would come to Jerusalem, they would come to hear the book of the law. This is what they would listen to. It wouldn't take all day, you know. It wouldn't. You time yourself and make yourself read. Look at this. Just look for a moment. Look at chapter 8 here a moment. Oh, this will wear you out. Oh, my gosh, 19 verses. <laughs> it won't wear you out. But it's something that takes place because I can tell you, the devil doesn't want you reading the Bible. It's just like automatically, oh, man. Another chapter. Oh, go back to college and do uh, a Western Civ. Now, that's a long chapter. i got to have a test on chapters one and two and three. Oh, my gosh. Now, that's long stuff. This stuff is small. wonder how long Psalm 1 is. It's just pennies. But do you see what happens in your own personal life? Where does the time go? It's really not the time. It's the distraction. Look at Psalm 1. There's only 150. Look at this. All the joys of those who don't follow men's advice, who do not hang around with sinners, scoffing at the things of God. Now, equate the things of God being the scriptures, because where else are you going to get them? I'm going to find out God on my own. Yeah, a lot of luck to that. You're going to come out believing all kinds of stuff. Their delight is in doing everything God wants them to. Day and night, they're always, ah, in other words, reading the word. Thinking about what, what can I find out in the Bible? Don't get the latest Christian book. You're going to get so confused. You know, it, first off, that book's normally not free. You know, oh, get this book. Well, ain't it free? Oh, no, no, it's, it's, it's $12.99 on Amazon. How much is your Bible? It's free. It's history. You ask your parents about what happened when they were young. It's free. They don't go, well, I'll charge you for it. I ate dinner with my mom the other day, and I was I love asking historical questions. You know, Mom, so what did you guys do when y'all went off to college, and what kind of house was that? And she didn't go, I'm going to charge you for it. You know, it's going to cost you. I'm going to put it in a book. No. But anyway, their delight is doing everything God wants to do. Day and night, they're always meditating his laws. And this is what we're doing here in the next few minutes. Watch this. And they're thinking about ways to follow more closely. They are like, now this, they, they, you and me. This Psalm 1's written to you. 
You are like trees planted by the riverbank bearing luscious fruit. Look at this. Each season without fail. That's the reason your prayer life is so powerful. You know, you got to realize, hey, it ain't happening like it's supposed to be in the book. Well, tell the Lord about it. Don't ask for questions. Ask Him to straighten it out. Lord, I want what this says. Their leaf, look at that, shall never wither. And all we talk about is, well, unless you're, you know, go get somebody from Auburn that knows something about vegetation and culture and whatever, you're never going to have your crops grow. Man, you got the blessing of the Lord on it. Praise the Lord, you know. Thank God we know some things about agriculture. Praise the Lord. Anyway, look at this. And you know this, they're like trees planted by the rivers of water. Okay, their leaf shall not wither. Look at that phrase. And all they do shall prosper. I'm telling you, I was working on so many things this week. And before I, I needed, hey, this happened yesterday. I needed a washer, you know. And Phil, I've got a jar of all kind of washers, okay. And I was in a hurry, so I slipped out of the kitchen, you know, get what I needed to. I was putting a lamp together. And, I need, and there was just one laying right there on the bench. And I knew it. I thought, praise the Lord. And I grabbed it, put it else what I needed, praise the Lord. And other things, just all the time. Okay, so anyway, <clears throat> notice it says, uh, oh, but for sinners, what a different story. They blow away like chaff before the wind. You know, they're not, they won't be safe on judgment day. They're not going to stand among the godly. That's the end of that. Well, excuse me, verse 6. The Lord watches over all the plans and paths of the godly men, but the paths of the godly, godless lead to doom. Now, will that put you to bed? Will you feel confident when you go to bed at night? Yeah, it should. Now, let's see how hard this is, unless we only read one psalm a year. Oh, excuse me. Let's go back to psalms. Uh, let's say you were reading that. Of course, there was only six verses. It took you probably 30 seconds to get through that. Let's go to the fourth one, just for fun. You, you would have found this if you were just going one, two, three, four. Watch this. Well, I'm going to pick it up in verse 6 because I'm going to get back to Deuteronomy. Many say that God will never help us. Or we say it's not his time. Man, if you're in trouble, you need the Lord's help, and he will help you. Remember this picture right here? He's standing at your door and not Revelation 3.20. And that's a church. Oh, it's pathetic. It's me. I keep the door shut. He's sitting there saying, Richby, just help me. I'll tell you where your car keys are. Oh, and it's just like me. Lost my car keys. I'm in a hurry. Dad, gum it. Not Monday. This is a Monday. A Monday? Quit saying that. It's a Jesus day, praise the Lord. Ask him for some help and he'll help you. Praise the Lord. Look at this. He said, many say God will never help them. Prove them wrong. Oh, Lord. And he's talking to the Lord. By letting the light of your face shine down upon us. Yes, the gladness you've given me is far greater than their joys at harvest time when they gaze at their bountiful crops. Now, that's payday. We're pretty dead burned happy on payday. And it says here, you know, it's not, well, I just love the Lord, you know. It's more than that. You love the Lord because it, He makes it payday all the time for you. 23rd Psalm is pretty much for payday. He prepares a table for you, the presence of our enemies, you know. Your cup of what is barely full? No, it's running over. Okay, look at this. I will lie down in peace and sleep. For though I am alone, you will keep me safe. Praise the Lord. Now that's why it's so uh, we'll just call it backward over here when we see all these things in Deuteronomy. So here we are in this speech. And Moses is having to tell them, guys, look, why would you want to go after any other God? So he keeps going here. This speech probably took about three hours. You would have been able to endure it and you would have liked it. You'd say, hey, wow, whoa, wow. Okay, you must obey all the commandments I give you today. If you do, you'll not only live, now would that mean something? Yes, hallelujah. You'll multiply and go in and take over the land promised to your fathers by the Lord. Now, remember, they're looking at the promised land. They can see Jericho in the distance, you know. 
And they're been, being told, don't be afraid. I'm going to wipe them out. Well, they just knocked out two kings just in the last probably couple months. I mean, they, they, this was the Philistines. They wiped them out. Matter of fact, in that story in the book of Numbers, remember all the generals came back to Moses and said, look, uh, we want to we wanna up our offering. And Moses said, why are you doing that? He says, because we took account of all our soldiers and not one was killed. Praise the Lord. Man, I tell you what, this stuff about the Bible is great. So here we go. Do you remember how the Lord led you through the wilderness all those 40 years, humbling you and testing you to find out whether you would respond or whether or not you would really obey him? Yes, he humbled you by letting you go hungry and then feeding you with manna. And he didn't starve you. We need a backup plan. He didn't starve any of them. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. But see, remember, they whined and they go, there's no food out here. But the Lord did it. He got it for them. A food previously unknown to both you and your ancestors. He did this to help you realize that food isn't everything and that real life comes from obeying every command of God. Do you know that's the verse that Jesus quoted? Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So Jesus, remember the devil said, command these stones to be made bread. Jesus said, man, you know, man shall not live by bread alone. You know what's so amazing is Moses went up on that mountain for 40 days and it says without water. And we try, oh, we try to medicalize the whole Bible. Well, the reason Moses' body could stand it, you know, it's because he had the potassium level, this and whatever and whatever. He didn't have no water. You ain't going to be able to do that. You can't make it without water. And we think Moses was some big, huge guy or something. And he just narrowed down. Because guess what? He did it twice. Remember, he come down and he broke the Ten Commandments. Remember George C. Scott? <laughs> you know, because they were worshiping that doggone cow. So Moses turns right around in less than a day and goes another 40 days without water. You can't do that. Oh, you can do all things through Christ. God keeps your body well. He'll make it work for you. We've isolated it and said, it's just Moses. It's just Paul. It's just Jesus. Oh, please. It's all of us. Look at this. Watch this. It's so bent. It's all of us. For 40 days, look at this. For four, at least 40 years, your clothes haven't even grown old. Your feet haven't even been blistered or swollen. What do we do with that today? Well, watch these. This is what he did. This is why we have the details. All these promises are ours today. Remember, I'll show you. This is, it's all ours. You can go over here to the New Testament, and the Lord's like, where have you been? You're supposed to say, praise the Lord. This is mine. Let me get over here. Hang on a second. Oh, book of Hebrew. Ah, excuse me, missed it. Hang on, back. Hebrews, come back. Let's do it again. Here we go. The book of Hebrews. Look at this, chapter 3. Look at this warning. Same thing. It's about the promised land. All right, here we go. In the third chapter, let's get down here. Notice he says, Beware of your own hearts, dear brothers, lest you find they too are evil, unbelieving, leading you away from the living God. Oh, okay, and he's, he's talking about the promised land. Hold us, let's, let's get right here to it. Yeah, he said, these were the ones who came out of Egypt with their, Moses as their leader and who it was that God was angry with those 40 years. Wow, these same people who sinned as a result died in the wilderness. Now, what was their sin? What was their sin? They didn't think God would take care of them. They didn't sass their mama or something. They got all the way to the promised land and go, God must hate us, brought us out here to kill us. Wow. And yet he had already wiped out all of Pharaoh, took him out from underneath slavery, and, and then they go, well, we can't go in the promised land. You know? Wow. Look at that. To whom was God speaking? 
when he swore an oath that they should never go into the land he promised his people, he was speaking to all those people who disobeyed him. Now, what did they disobey? They didn't, they weren't going in. No, we ain't going in there. Go in. Yeah, disbelief. And why couldn't they go in? Because they didn't trust him. Now, look at that. That's written to us. So it goes right into the fourth chapter. Although God's promise still stands. Wow. It's still ours. Okay, so now let's go back and let's see what he was saying over there. This is the reason we have it. Otherwise, we don't, we don't need these details. What do we need this for? Okay, here we are. All right. So, so here we are. We found out that, man, even our, those 40 years, your clothes haven't grown uh, old. Your feet weren't blistered. So you realize that as a man punishes his son, the Lord punishes you to help you. But it's not car wrecks and stuff like that. There ain't any car wrecks out there in the wilderness. And we think, oh, God punishes you. He's telling you to worship him only. Gave you 10 commandments. Do this, 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 this. Okay. Obey the laws of our Lord, our God. Walk in his ways and fear him. Now look at this. For the Lord, your God, is bringing you into a good land of brooks, pools, gushing springs, valleys, and hills. Now remember, we just read over there, these same promises are ours. God's promise still stands. Wow, okay. It's a land of wheat and barley, of grapevines, figs, pomegranates, olives, and honeys. It's a land where there's food is plentiful and nothing is lacking. It's a land where iron is as common as stone, copper is abundant in the hills. When you have eaten your field, and here's the warning, here's the warning. Don't forget me. That's what he's telling. But so it's the reason you watch the kings. One king loves the Lord, and the next king goes, I can do without him. <laughs> One king says, Yeah, yes, Lord. Another one, I can do without him. <clears throat> Be careful that, look at that, in your plenty, I mean, we got plenty coming? Yeah. If you don't see plenty coming, you need to be saying, Lord, I'm, I'm lacking a little bit here. I need some help. And he'll get it to you. Remember Jesus said in John 10, uh, he said, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And just before that, he said, the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But we swapped it. How to understand when God doesn't supply your needs. Whoa, 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 hold up a second. That's not true. It's abundant. He does. The thief is the one who steals. Yes, but sometimes, you know, it doesn't always. I'm not listening to any of that sometimes. The promised land is staring me in the face. Look at this. Be careful during that time of your plenty. You don't forget the Lord your God and begin to disobey Him. Now, here's, he's going to say how. What is disobeying? For when you've become full, prosperous, and have fine homes to live in, and if you're lacking a fine home to live in, you need to be telling the Lord, hey, wait, hey, Lord, hey, I need a little help here. And He'll get it to you. He will. Wow. And when your flocks and herds have become large and your silver and silver and gold have multiplied, now, Lord, I don't want any of that filthy money. It'll ruin me. It's not going to ruin you. It's not going to ruin you. If it is, you're going to have a hard lesson to learn. Remember, he's going to show you about it. You know, you can't serve God and manna, which is money, you know. You got to learn to trust him. It's like the manna. The manna was on. He, he put man, Remember the story about the manna? The manna was there in the morning. And God said to tell, he said, Moses, go tell him the manna's out there in the morning. And just grab enough for the day. But what did they do? i got to have something. There might not be none the next day. So they just tried to grab it all. Well, what was in it the next morning? Maggots. <laughs> Yuck. You know? And the Lord said, are they always, the Lord told Moses, said, are they always going to treat me this way? And that's just how promising the promises are. The money will be there the next day. It'll be there. The cash flow will be there. Praise the Lord. Remember the other great thing he said? All, it's like the greatest thing if you're a member of Redstone Federal Credit Union. Redstone Federal Credit Union, they don't do this, but we're going to say they do. Redstone Federal Credit Union, at the end of every seventh year, guess what? <clears throat> my loan I had for uh, my Harley that I got from uh, Phil, it's gone. Wow, what did I do? And also, I could have started that loan a year, a, a year before the time it was going to be gone. It'd be wiped out. And God would have told the banker, don't you neglect to give Richard that loan for that Harley just because it's a year away from the release. 
And this only happened to the Jews. Praise the Lord. Praise God. What a deal. What a, this is ours. And God told the banker, he, t- he actually told all of us, you can read this, this is in the uh, latter part of Numbers. He said, none of you will go broke as a result of this. <laughs> I'll go broke. No, it's miraculous. Moses was up on the mountain without water for 40 days. You will not go broke. You will not die. Praise the Lord. We throw them. You know, it's so funny. Hollywood thinks the supernatural is electricity. How many times you watch a movie and it's electricity? <laughs> Young Dr. Frankenstein, electricity. <laughs> you know, and then they try to make this Mount Sinai and all the things about God's electricity. <laughs> Where was the electricity when Jesus was walking on the water? No electricity. Where was it when he was healing all these people? No, no electricity. Praise the Lord. Okay. He said, here's what he says. This is the time to watch out that you don't become proud and forget the Lord who brought you out of slavery in Egypt. Beware that you don't forget. See, this is what's so critical. They were supposed to have the Passover, remember. And today we got a whole body of Christ that doesn't even know what the Passover is. We think Passover is just, ah, it's Easter. It's, it's Jesus rose from the dead. Passover. It was a death angel event. And when God destroyed Egypt, he passed over you. But see, we go, well, that, the vent in history, uh, you know, it was really shallow water where they went across. See, they already nailed it. They say there was no wall that you didn't go through the sea. And they don't believe in any of the plagues. And we can't even remember any of the plagues. Oh, uh, see, it was a plague of lizards. Yeah, that was it. It was no lizards. It was a herd of cats. No, it was no cats. It was the Nile turned into what? Blood, okay? And then it was frogs, and it was lice, and flies, and then a plague, and then it was balls, and then it was darkness, and then what else? It was locusts. Wow. And hail. Can you imagine when the hail was out there? Moses is in there, and he's already strutting at this point. But at the time, he didn't want to go. Remember, I ain't going. You got the wrong guy, Lord, not me. But boy, he really knew what was going on then. He goes in there, and Pharaoh says, look, go out there and stop that hail. And Moses said, okay, I'll go out there and tell the Lord to stop. Can you imagine that? He walks out there. Death is just being destroyed by hail and thunder and lightning. It's a horrendous mess. It wiped out. It destroyed all of Egypt. Remember all the counselors around, around Pharaoh said, are you going to let him destroy everything? Let him. Let him go. You know. But remember, Lord caused Pharaoh's heart to be hardened. Why? He said it in the 10th chapter so he could show the world his power. And today we don't remember any of it. So how the heck do you think God's going to help you find your checkbook, Bob, when you lose it? If you don't know, God has the power to do all these miracles for you. You remind yourself of these things. He actually tells them when you do the Passover, your kids are going to go, Daddy, why are we doing all this stuff? And you're going to say, the Lord brought us out of Egypt with great miracles. You know, that's, that's why you remember it today. And the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians that Jesus is our Passover. Oh, type and shadow. It has to, and it's an analogy, so it has to be something that works. Yeah, he's your Passing over the death angel over you so the death angel doesn't get us. Praise the Lord. Okay, here we go. Now look at this next phrase. Don't forget it was God who led you through the great terrible wilderness with the dangerous snakes and scorpions where it was so hot and dry. He gave you water from the rock. All this was miraculous. Praise the Lord. Remember their shoes weren't wearing out. Their clothes weren't wearing out. They weren't even blistered. Praise the Lord. He fed you with manna in the wilderness. It was kind of a bread unknown before. Remember the word manna means what is it? <laughs> They've never seen it before. What is it? Okay. So that you would be, become humble and so that you would trust him and he would, uh, you, your trust in him would grow and he could do you good. Now what did that mean? Remember they figured out, okay, it's worms if I wait. Okay. <laughs> Because they were scared. 
All of Atlanta packing up, going out in the wilderness. I mean, going out in the desert. We ain't going to make it. Yeah, you are. Trust the Lord. Yeah, we don't have any water. Trust the Lord. The water was always there. The food was always there. Did you know, did you know the Bible said, you, you catch it on the fly. You're reading the book of Joshua. Hey, finally got the Joshua. Reading Joshua. All right, so finally, when they stepped foot into the Jordan River, same thing. It split. Well, I thought the Dead Sea, I mean, the Red Sea was the only one that split. No, it's the reason we got to read the Bible. The Jordan split. It split for Elijah after Elisha went up in a whirlwind. He grabbed the mantle and he went over there and he smote the Jordan River and he said, where's the God of Elijah? He didn't go, well, I hope this stuff works. He said, where are you? And that water split and he went across. And the whole seminary on the other side was watching him. Because they were telling Elisha when he followed, remember the story? It got on Elisha's nerves. They were going, the, the seminary students were all going, Elisha's going up in a whirlwind today. And Elisha said, shh, I know. So he follows him over there. Look, you read for yourself, 1 Kings chapter 5, 6, 7, right in there. You know. Great story. Yeah. We should be putting ourselves to bed with these stories. They're great. You know. And anyway, he goes a little further. Another, another seminary student, the Living Bible says, seminary student said, Elisha's going up in a, Elijah's going up in a whirlwind today. And Elisha gets mad. I know it. Shh, quiet. So Elijah makes the water open up and it go across the other side. And I remember Elijah says, you better go back home. And he goes, and Elisha says, no, as my soul, as the Lord lives, I'm not leaving your side. And then get this. And we've, we, we missed this because we've been taught the Lord's not Santa Claus. Well, no, he's not Santa Claus. He's a million times better than Santa Claus. Praise God. So Elijah's standing there and Elisha's right there and Elijah's fixing to go up in a whirlwind. Okay, actually in chariots, whatever. And, uh, and so... Elijah, who's fixing to go up and be with the Lord, he says, what do you want? Well, we're not supposed to ask for nothing. You better. I mean, come on, are you sick? You hurt? What's going on? And remember what Elisha said. He said, well, I just want that. Whatever you got, I want a double portion. Okay, as long as you keep your eyes on me when I'm out here. And all of a sudden, this chariot, this flaming horses showed up, picked up Elijah, and they went up in the whirlwind. And Elijah, now he's one of them seminary students. He's screaming. He's screaming, and he's saying, the chariots of the Lord and his horsemen. What an awesome sight. And so <clears throat> oh, Elijah's mantle, whatever his coat, whatever it fell. And so Elijah picked it up and he had his, and he had Elisha, Juz, remember those two, Elisha and Elijah, and he had his mantle in his hand and he went over to the Jordan River just two seconds later. And wouldn't you, I mean, it's not like, well, I hope it works. No, he hit that Jordan River and he said, where is the God of Elijah? And praise the Lord. Amen. And where are we today? Well, I don't know. If it's not electricity, it's not God. So stupid. That's the reason we meditate in the word. We, re, we walk out of here, we know, praise the Lord, I'm blessed. Remember, Jesus said that woman that was bowed over, ought not this woman be a daughter of Abraham just because you're a Christian, just because you're a child of God. You should have healing. You should have this. There's no ands or buts about it. He fed him with manna through the wilderness. It was a kind of bread unknown so that you'd become humble and your trust would be in him would grow and he'd do you good. Uh, he did it so that you'd never feel, look at this. He did it, now here's why, so that you would never feel it was your own power and might that made you wealthy. And I grew up in the Baptist church, and we were hearing stuff like this, you know, well, God gave you, God, you know, God, you know, I mean, you know, God helps those that helps himself. First Kings, whatever. That's not a scripture. If you don't work, you're not going to be able to eat. Some of these things are just easy. I understand that. But, you know, but today we got a bunch of people who won't even dare ask the Lord to bless them financially, you know, because they, they just, they think, well, I'm not going to bother God. Well, yeah, you won't bother God. 
You say, well, these guys are doing... It's more than the sky's the limit, praise the Lord. <clears throat> anyway, look at this. It's, it, don't be saying it was your own power and might that made you wealthy. Uh, hang on a second. Skip down a little bit. So we're about done with this chapter. We'll have to stop here. Always remember, it's the Lord who gives you the power to become rich. And he does this to fill, fulfill his promise to his ancestors. Remember Abraham? Abraham stood before Melchizedek. Right after he took 300 people in his own family. They weren't warriors. They went to go try to get his nephew out from a, a, a world war. There were ten kings that fought each other. Five against five. Lot got captured. Uh, Abraham took 300 men. This is uh, Genesis chapter 14. You know, a minute and a half chapter. That's all it is, a minute and a half. You'd read through it and go, wow. Anyway, but when he comes back, he got Lot back, got all the stuff back, got his wife back, and got his kids back, got all the cattle back, and the king of Sodom's there, and then there's Melchizedek. And Abraham gives him 10% of everything that, he gave him a tithe off of it, okay? And then, uh, anyway, Sodom, the king of Sodom, remember what kind of loser he is, because his place is fixing to go up in flames in about two more chapters. But anyway, he goes, hey, well, just give me the people, and you keep the goods, yeah, we know what he wants to do with those people, especially the men, okay? Yeah, I want the men, I want the people, but you keep the goods. Abraham said, he lifted his hand toward heaven. He says, nope, I'm not going to, so that you won't ever say it was you that made Abraham rich. Well, then why did he lift his hand up? Because it was God that made him rich. And the same thing is for you and I. Okay, but here's, here's, where, he's, here's where he was warning them. But if you forget the Lord your God and worship other gods and follow <laughs> evil ways, you'll surely perish just as the Lord has caused the other nations in the past to perish. That'll be your fate too if you don't obey the Lord your God. Look at this. But now that's not us. So what's our fate? Well, our fate's nothing but the blessings of the Lord. See, this great book, this, this on and on for about three hours, and we're going to get there. It won't take us long. We'll get there. But you can get there yourself just reading. But remember the great 28th chapter? Blessed shall you be when you go in. Blessed shall you be when you go out. And all this back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And then the whole rest of that book, from verses 14 all the way to 68, is nothing but a bunch of curses. Well, thank God we're redeemed from that. Galatians 3.13 says Christ redeemed us from all the curses. There's nothing left but blessing. Father, we just thank you, Lord, that uh, oh, your word is true. We appreciate you, Lord. Father, we're, if we're not feeling good today, we know you'll take care of that. Just whatever's wrong in our bodies, whatever may be aching and pains or whatever, you'll fix that. Praise the Lord. Or if it's financial, we know you'll fix that too. Obviously, from what you said here, praise the Lord, it's you that gives us the power to get wealth. Father, if it's not anything we said this morning or anything, but we just got problems facing us, well, Lord, we know you'll get us out of it. Praise the Lord. And we just thank Thank you for it. And that didn't leave anything left, but for us to leave records to tell others about Jesus and what you've done for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. That's just one chapter right there. <laughs>